0: Welcome to episode 811 of The Sleeper in the Bus. It is Thursday, May 14th. I'm your host, Paul Smoor, joined by Justin Mason. Justin, I hate Todd Hundley.
1: <laughs> oh, man. It, like, uh, Gregor Blanco was my arch nemesis for years, and now it, it's for you. It, it's Todd Hundley.
0: Unbelievable. You know, and I was critiquing his season earlier in the draft we'll get into what we're talking about here in just a second and then i still took him so dumb so dumb anyway
1: i was i was honestly unsurprised we'll, we'll get to the pick but yeah i was surprised you actually took him
0: little bit of a uh a quicker episode today um just not a lot to cover right now but we are going to talk about a 1999 retro draft that we participated in great thing going on in the industry right now um set up by ron chandler todd zola and a few others and basically we're just redrafting seasons, but Todd's put together this brilliant sheet so that we can follow it along as we go. You know, you're doing it. It's, we're not simming it. It's an open book test, but just because it's open book doesn't mean it's easy. So we'll get into what Justin and I were able to do in that draft. It was a lot of fun. Had a blast with it. Honestly, the, the only real bit of news I want to discuss right now, cause like, you know, we're seeing more about the, uh, MLBPA revenue sharing thing. They're saying no, it looks like the, pr- the proposal that we talked about briefly last time is not getting off the ground. like, or, or they don't even necessarily have like a full-on thing. So I don't think there's anything to really discuss there. One little bit of news that we did get, no 2021 WBC. So we push back to 2023. I like the WBC. Um, I really enjoyed the last one. I was ho- kind of looking forward to the next one. I'm not sure it's something that, you know, crushes me. But it's a bummer. Uh where where do you come out on WBC Play?
1: I don't really care. I mean, mm-hmm. I'll watch a few games here and there, but I like I don't really get into it. Uh I think it's uh I think it's an interesting concept and I love the idea of trying to promote baseball around the world because baseball really just doesn't have the following outside of, you know, the United States, some Latin American countries and some Asian countries. So Asian, anytime you okay. can uh, promote the sport, and I think Major League Baseball has been really bad at promoting their own sport, uh, nationally and globally. Uh, I think what? the WBC. No way, dude. They're so good at it. <laughs> at least the, the, they've done it well with the, the WBC. So it is True. kind of a, a bummer that that is, uh, the case. And, uh, we were talking briefly before we started about, uh, a recent, uh, episode of the podcast with, uh, Joe Pesnansky, um, and, uh, Peter Moylan was on, and, uh, um, and he was talking about how he got his shot back in the majors after some uh, some issues, you know, some maturity issues growing up uh, because of the WBC. Like, that was his avenue. That was his abil- chance to be seen again and show that he was, you know, still a good pitcher. Uh, and so it, those stories are probably few and far between, but sure. it is pretty cool to see a player from, like, Australia, like Peter Moylan, get a shot. And
0: we're just going to have to wait a few years now yeah I mean, it is another avenue um, that is now not going to exist. Like that's kind of the the point of it is that it's it's a cutoff avenue for some players to to get in there because there was definitely some some ability to kind of get an opportunity based on the fact that um, you know, a country maybe couldn't fill out a, a great team so that, hey, these these few players get an opportunity to be on there because there's some spots open. So that won't happen. We'll see how everything goes. Um, like I said, I'm I'm a bit bummed on it, but it's not the end of the world. It's not necessarily gone forever. T- 2023 and we back. Everything's so weird that you know. Gotta be honest, I'm not even that surprised that uh, that that they had to to kind of cancel something like that. So, uh, but anyway, like I said, not much else going in news right now. So we're gonna dive in on this 1999 redraft that we did. It just so happened that we both got into it. It's our first one. It's, I believe, the third one that they've done here. Um, They did a 1982 season, and I don't know the other one. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. Um, again, these are open book tests, and they're tough. Like even knowing the like, you're still you're still building a puzzle in in a different and interesting way. Um. And I really, I really enjoyed it. So let, let's talk a bit about it. You had the sixth pick. I had the ninth pick. Nice. Six, nine. Nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, so going through there, you know, let's talk a little bit about the early rounds. Uh, you're talking Pedro, Randy, just devastation. They, they were the top two picks. I, I had that on my board as well. Actually, let me step back a little bit. Things that change when you have the answer key. Pitching is no longer risk. It's a certainty.
1: We kept making jokes about that as well. Yes. We'll
0: be, uh, the, the ratios. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, there's a risk that it's going to devastate your ratios, but it's a risk that everyone was taking after a after a very small period. There wasn't a large period of time where you weren't taking massive risk on uh on pitchers like some of these ratios are so hilarious like the 158 whip or whatever of aaron seeley mm-hmm. but but he had 18 wins so you really had to uh, consider him but uh, also like positional scarcity you can att- it's not nebulous again and it's a certainty so you can say this position's weak i'm gonna attack it catcher comically awful shortstop drops off Shortstop, big drop-offs. Second base, pretty crummy as well, particularly after a few of the top ones. So um, with that in mind, of course, saves are a known as well. And uh, obviously you have to attack them or punt completely because you're not going to pick anything up in season. There is no in season. So what was your approach or what was your game plan going in? So
1: I ran some values on this, and my, my approach originally was, I'm just going to take the best uh, overall player and just try to lo- load up on stats. Uh, and that was a poor decision. <laughs> One, uh, the replacement value at those positions is gigantic, and I, even though Pudge was like, I want to say, my I, I had him graded out as my 8th best hitter, I realized pretty quick that that's who I wanted with my first pick. Unfortunately, yeah. he went fourth overall to Eric Carabelle.
0: See, and you had a little trepidation, like is it going to be too early? I had him even higher.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I didn't account for positional scarcity. Uh, I in didn't. My I formula. didn't either.
0: Um, it was a straight straight rank, Oh, Really? And, wow. Yeah, and he was fourth um, just based on on the performance. If you do positional scarcity, maybe he is above. A couple of the other. Now, you was
1: your fourth hitter or your fourth player? Fourth hitter, fourth okay, hitter. Because uh, oh almost, yeah, yeah, that makes like, sense. Fourth my hitter, sixth player. my pitching values were really crazy. I I wish one that I had gone in with kind of a, a kind of a off the beaten path plan because I think being in the third draft when a lot of these guys had already been in the first two and you and I hadn't gave them a distinct advantage because they had. Uh, they had already like tried out some of these you know with different seasons and uh certainly you know and I mean Peter Kreutzer came in with he you know he did a double punt of power and or, you know uh, home runs at RBIs. Uh, a number of guys punted uh saves uh some guys punted ratios uh, mm-hmm. And so it really threw off where my values would be going. But, like, I had Billy Wagner as my number two overall player and not that far behind Pedro
0: Martinez. Oh, wow. Let me see exactly where I had him. I don't think I had him that high. That's, uh... And I didn't take him in the
1: first two rounds. Like, I had a shot. I, I just kept letting him drop. Like, relievers, in you know, in the valuations I ran... Um, ended up just coming up really, really high because you you can get saves late, but then you're taking them with a massively
0: bad ratio well, that that's the thing. Um, and I had so many of these relievers who weren't even getting saves that mm-hmm. ranked high. In fact, I went. I, I kind of we'll get into some of our, our 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 team and everything, but i I took a gambit relatively early on a guy who, you know, was a standout unique player in scott williamson it was his rookie year he had 12 wins and 19 saves
1: mm-hmm.
0: and again that's a season that he was probably overdrafted to the heavens in 2000 um uh, based on that season because you can't predict it mm-hmm. especially like the the wins getting 12 wins with the 19 saves in 93 in the third innings with 107 strikeouts and great ratios But when you know that that season exists, it's a lot easier, of course, to go ahead and take that part. So I actually ended up taking him third.
1: Yeah, Um, he was my eighth
0: overall pitcher. uh, Let's see where he was for me. Uh, Yeah, he was my sixth, uh, seventh overall pitcher. So right right there with you. And, you know, Paul Shuey, uh, Jeff Zimmerman. Love that <laughs> his name, Jeff Zimmerman. Like, there were so many. I'm just naming a few off the top of my head, but I, I can name a bunch more of these guys that didn't really get saves, but their ratios were so strong. Mike Remlinger, Remlinger had uh, 10 wins, 81 strikeouts, 237 ERA, 121 whip, just one save. But he was my 12th ranked pitcher. Or uh, reliever, reliever, reliever. Excuse me, excuse me.
1: Yeah, he, so was yeah. My, he was my 18th ranked pitcher.
0: So it was really interesting. And then, you know, a really interesting thing that, um, that Fred did, uh, so, so Fred Zinke won mm-hmm. on, on the
1: last pick.
0: Yes. This was tight throughout. Mm-hmm. There were this about going five or six forth.
1: guys who were in, it, including you who were in it yeah. kind of to the last two or three rounds. Uh, and I think, I mean, there, Jeff, uh, Erickson pulled ahead with his last mm-hmm. pick and then I think two picks later or something
0: like that, Fred yeah, yeah. just Jeff destroyed us. There were only five picks left. I picked next. I knew I couldn't win. Um, there was nothing I could do with my last pitcher to win. So I really just wanted to finish the best I could or finish with 69 points because I'm an infant. Fred takes Ryan Klesko. Let me give you guys an idea of the offensive environment that way. Because you're going to say, how did you guys let him take this guy? There were several other Ryan Kleskos out there. With his last pick, standard 23 rounds, he got a guy who hit 297 with 21 homers, 80 ribs, 55 runs, and five steals. A devastatingly large impact on his team to the point where we were all battling, five of us kind of switching first place, point, you know, here or two at the top, six, seven points separating the the, the six six of us or so. He jumped to 83 over Jeff's 74. Because those last few rounds, we're taking final pitchers, catchers,
1: garbage
0: middle infielders, and he took a premium outfielder. So it was—I I don't know how much he was able to set that up, but it was so nice. He did—he did attack catching early because it was remarkably short. He had Piazza and Lieberthal, and I, I, I imagine he took some pitching earlier too, so that his outfield was that last pick. So he was already working with a cushion because, again, there were so many other guys he could have taken that would have given an impact. And considering he won by nine, I think there's probably 20 other guys Fred could have taken and still won. So that was that was crazy that he was a- able to do that. That was such a nice setup. Nobody's surprised that Fred Zinke won. I think just the way he did it was so impressive, though. We're just surprised it didn't happen via trade. That's, that's true. Even in a league like this, I, I thought he would find a way to kind of trade into a victory yeah there were there were discussions you know um let's talk about your team from the sixth spot Mm -hmm. you said you were going mostly best best player available and um break down how your team went strengths weaknesses what you might change what what you would have changed if you were re-racking this i think if i was gonna
1: re-rack it one i would definitely attack positions Uh, That aren't so deep early So shortstop and catcher and pitcher Uh, Mm -hmm. And I think I also Probably would have tried a double punt Of uh, ERA and Whip Uh, Jeff Jeff almost won the league But he didn't even try to Like that wasn't like He made that decision maybe two-thirds Of the way through the draft And he just went, you know, I'm just going to steer into this
0: if he could have gotten some speed to compensate, because he ended up punting three categories. Uh, again, I think inadvertently, ones in ERA and WHIP, three in speed. Yeah, Stills. and
1: and and that's that's. I mean, the difference is if he had gotten, you know, a few more points in stolen bases, uh, he would have he would have won this. And so I think that's probably what I would have done different. Is uh, you know, with my first pick. Maybe, you know, the hard part was Bagwell, who, who I ended up taking at six overall, was my number one hitter. Same. And so it was really hard with him sitting on the board not to take him. Uh, because originally I, I had thought there was no way he was going to make it to me. And so it was just kind of an insta-pick. Uh, but had I thought about it more...
0: You know, so, yeah, where would you go? Because it was Pedro, Randy, Peter, Pudge... Larry I probably, Walker.
1: I probably should have just No, I probably would have taken Bagwell still and then with my second pick, either, uh, instead of taking Sean Green, um, who was uh you know high up on my board great. as well. I, I had but my an outfielder. Yeah. Yeah, instead of taking an outfielder because my outfield filled up super quick.
0: Yeah, and there was so much great outfield that mm-hmm. was going and it's just like, oh dang got to use that guy and that guy and that guy.
1: Yeah. And so I think I would have, yeah, I think, cause I mean, there were a lot of guys who racked, a lot of pitchers who racked up counting stats with atrocious ratios.
0: Just aggressively bad. Yeah. I mean, we're talking fives, like five ERAs.
1: Yeah. I mean, Chano Park, uh, could have been on the, on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, Hideo Nomo could have been on the team and those guys went late. I don't even know if Park actually even went, um, you know, there, there was a closer that had, like... I think Veris? Yeah, Yeah, Varus like... There's one more um, who I'm blanking on right now that had just a bunch of saves, but, like, a 569 ERA or something like that. Nice. Uh, so, like, I, I had opportunities to... Uh, to if, if I had taken a different approach, to, to do better... I mean, I still feel pretty good about... You know, not finishing last, but you finished yeah. ahead of me, which hurts. Um, I did want to beat you at that
0: point. Mm-hmm. Um, if I couldn't win and fin- or finish with 69, the big leap by Fred pushed me to 67. I had like, I was at 71. I was like, okay, well, these last couple of picks, I might get pushed down a couple points. And I'll finish fourth or fifth with 69. I finished fifth with 67. You finished eighth with 61 and a half. Um, so it was Fred at 83, then 74, 71 and a half, 71, 67, 67, 65 and a half. We were kind of our cluster there. Then you were 61 and a half beating Doug and Ron who had 61 apiece. then 53 and a half, then 44. So yeah, I agree that you don't have to necessarily go positional with flexibility or uh, scarcity that first pick with Bagwell being there, but then maybe you don't go outfield. Yeah, I, I should have gone
1: Billy Wagner who went to pick after me and I just thought at Yeah, maybe go point, double
0: pitcher because then you took Hampton after that.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think the strategy would be to try to get, you know, Pudge obviously you know, he didn't fall to me, but um, try to get you know, a big bat to start and then just hammer pitching because the, the ratios especially, unless you're going to punt the ratios, because the ratios just crush you later on. I, um,
0: I wonder if, like, three pitchers off rip is the way to go. It might be. Hitting is so plentiful, dude. I took – now, his numbers weren't amazing, but I took Frank Thomas so late,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, as, like, a uh, a corner. And this was a year that he only played 135 games, so he went 15, 77, 74 with a 305 average. But I took him in round twenty something.
1: Yeah. I I mean, it just like there's so many muscle, man. yeah, so many guys that just had amazing offensive seasons. The drop offs from pitching was just so gigantic. And so like Dean, who uh was leading a lot of the draft, but he, he did a double punt of uh, well, actually, mm-hmm. a triple punt, I think. Um, or no, a double punt of runs and stolen bases and wins. Yeah. And that's, that's what killed him. Um, but he went pitcher pitcher to start. He, you know, he got Pedro the first pick, which is like the, the foregone conclusion. But then he took Trevor Hoffman in the second round. And that really set him up well.
0: Yeah. That's, Whew. I mean, and, and the, some of those, some of those high impact, um, Pitchers are, are are so, so nice. Now, you mentioned Dean. He was hanging well. He finished sixth, and Peter finished third. They got Pedro and Randy, respectively. And um, and they both doubled up with Mo and Hoffman. Wow, okay, that's interesting. And then they took uh, batters in their third pick, Palmero for Dean and Roger Cedeno for Peter, because you mentioned that he was kind of doing a power punt. So he got premium speed in Sedano. Um, were there any big changes you made midway through the draft, like at, to try to course correct, or, or were you just kind of saying, okay, well, I'm going to just float this out, you know, figure out how this goes as it's going. I'm not going to try to be too crazy with any corrections right now yeah i mean
1: one of the issues is you know for me I, i'm still so kind of programmed into today's game in terms mm-hmm. of thinking of the stats and so like i was like uh I, I wasn't really paying attention to the fact that like batting average was is so much different uh, oh, yeah today and so about probably about 11 12 rounds in I went, wow, like I still have like a 300 batting average. And then someone, I think it was Jeff Erickson, mentioned. Um. You no. Know, look. Everybody except for one person has a three hundred plus batting average. I was yep. like, Oh crap! And I looked, and I was like, Oh my god! I'm like, I'm in like th- the third to last in batting average with like yeah. like it's a, like oh okay <laughs> it's like a three oh seven batting average or something. Um. And I was like, Okay. So I've got a. But at that point, like there weren't the guys. Uh. There were guys who had high batting average, but not that had high plate or uh at bat uh numbers. To really help drag up my team. And I tried to make a course correction, but by doing that, I really, uh, I I then had to struggle a bit in power. So uh, I knew at that point that I was going to be in some trouble. And by about round 18, 19, uh, I was like, yeah, I've got no shot at this. Uh, I just got to try to beat Paul. And you didn't. I didn't. No, you know, KBO and (laughs) retro drafting, you have found your, your niche.
0: My niche, yeah. I finally found something I'm good at. So, why do I hate Todd Hundley? Okay, so <laughs> we're going through catcher again, just, just, just brutal, mm-hmm. dude. Like, where we can't stress enough how bad it was. Pudge, first rounder, are arguably, I think you could have taken him number one overall. And I don't, I, I think, well, I think the pitchers are too good those top 2. So top, I think you could take him third overall. Yeah,
1: I think you can make the argument to take him second or third. I, I think Yeah. the fact that uh Pedro not only has, you know, 300 plus strikeouts in amazing uh you know, amazing ratios with over 200 innings pitched. Um, he also had the 23 wins,
0: which is yep. huge in this. RJ had 272 innings of a 2.48 and 102. I, I think it does have yeah. to be those. So yeah, yeah, no, I three, think three, right. three, but you can go four strikeouts. Wow, uh, just, you can go three for Pudge. Then there's Piazza. Oh, so Pudge drop down, Piazza drop down a little bit to Lieberthal, chasm to Eddie Tobinsey, Jason Kendall, and maybe Dave Dave Nielsen's kind of in there. Another chasm to just garbage. Darren Fletcher, Jason Veritek a bunch of lames and then just, you know, 10 more chasms. It's so bad, so bad. So I took Michael Barrett as my first catcher because he hit 293, um, eight homers, whatever runs and rabies. But he didn't he didn't have a terrible batting average, so it wasn't bad. We were on a Zoom call with a group of us and I even mentioned how like, man, that Todd Hundley season is so devastating because it's like the 24 homers but a 207 average. I was like that that really stings. And I still took it because <laughs> I needed power, yeah. and I thought maybe the power gain was worth it. It, it was, was not,
1: not. Yeah, no, it, it it was awful. And when even when you did it, I was like, "Whoa, that that's not going to work well." Uh,
0: I, I did the old, you know, what do they call it, poker rabbit hunting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when you ask him to do the the turn or the flop if the or the uh, turn of the river if the hand ends mm-hmm. soon. Yeah. The other guy I was looking at was Chris Widger. Who was who was in oh, line yeah. with uh, in line with uh, Barrett? You know, he decent average handful. Actually, only two sixty four, but that's fine. That's fine for that. And fourteen homers, and it would have been a three point swing. I wouldn't have won, but it would have been much much better. And so I should have I should have known. And I tell you what, I could have known, cause. Justin, all you got to do is copy the sheet and you can put your pick in beforehand and see what it does. To stand. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a moron and I hate Todd Hundley. I mm-hmm. couldn't have gotten 2000 when he hit 24 homers, but had a 284 average the very next year. Jeez. So yeah, that was my worst pick by far. It really, it really hit me. Um, and it was super annoying. But let's, uh, let's run down your team top to bottom here. Your two catchers, Brooke Fordyce, Todd Green. You were just doing no harm. Uh, your corners, Bagwell, Joe Randa, Eric Karros. That's a good little trio there. You got Bagwell, the super-duper star. Randa, big batting average. Karos, solid pop with batting average. Eric Young, Rich Aurelia, Terry Shumpert. Uh, did Eric Young have a lot of SBs that year? Yeah, 50. Oh, yeah, that plays. <laughs> mm-hmm. That'll work. Uh, Terry Schumpert had a big year in Colorado. Was that like his only good year ever? I think it might have been. I think it was It was far and away his best year. Uh, I, I have recollections of that season. Your outfield is is hot. Sean Green, Carlos Beltran, Maglio Ordonez, Reggie Sanders, Barry Bonds. Now, keep in mind, Barry Bonds, mm-hmm. uh, like Frank Thomas, so 99 was not the year for them. And he yet they were still games, excellent. So. He only played 102, Bonds did. He still hit 34 homers, which is so stupid. Uh, but he only hit 262, still had 15 stolen base. I mean, still a good pick, just a much later pick mm-hmm. than you would expect in something like this. But, I mean, you put together an amazing outfield. Ben Grieve for your utility. And then you're pitching Mike Hampton, uh, Armando Benitez, Derek Lowe. Todd Ritchie, Bob Wickman, Antonio Fonseca, Chris Benson, Eric Milton, and Charles Nagy. Any uh, other thoughts on your team here that you put together?
1: Well, I mean, think. I mean, that offense is sick, right? Mm -hmm. It was only 29 points. (laughs) Dude, it 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 just was such a different offensive game. I actually got more points from my pitching. With that pitching staff, which is is, is absolutely ridiculous. Um, so, uh, yeah, it just it was a completely different game. I didn't play fantasy back in 1999. I didn't start playing right. until 2001, and and I only played American League only probably for the first seven or eight years, something like that. And so, mm-hmm. like, there were a lot of players I had never heard of uh like oh yeah where i was like people were like oh remember terry shimpert is another is a great example like i was like oh remember that guy i'm like no no i don't remember tom lampkin (laughs) nope
0: bro come on (laughs)
1: like i just like uh, i remember
0: ron coomer nope (laughs) it
1: was uh uh it, it was definitely interesting for me uh you know and uh you know, typically I'm the type of person I like to draft based on, you know, partially based on what I see. And so to not be able to have had eyes on like half of my team. You're uh, blind, is, yeah. yeah, completely fine. But it was fun. I enjoyed it.
0: No, it it was it was really a blast. I had a good time. Let's go over my team real quick. Um Michael Barrett, stupid Todd Hundley as my catchers. Jim Telme, Vinny Castilla, Frank Thomas as my corners, Roberto Alomar. Barry Larkin, Miguel Cairo. And by the way, we did do first, third corner. I'm just saying the position, you know, as, as groupings. Uh, Almar Larkin, Miguel Cairo, Vlad, Albert Bell, Rondell White, Garrett Anderson, Richie Sexton. Richie Sexton has an outfielder. There was a nice little 30 home run boost to the outfield. Yeah,
1: that was one of the things that we didn't mention is we had to draft the players by the, what they were listed. And it was grabbed yep. off of MLB.com, which lists the last position they played. And so, like – even though Cal Ripken was a shortstop at this point uh, in his career, uh, he was third base in this draft.
0: You know what's funny about Sexton? He didn't play outfield last. So I don't know why they picked outfield to that. Yeah. And, I, yeah, I don't know. And they put Chuck Knobloch in the outfield, mm-hmm. even though he's second base. So, yeah, like, there might be some spot checking they can do on that in the future, but for the most part, you know, There's no position eligibility because that would just complicate things. Todd put this brilliant page together. Yeah, If you added in flexibility, it'd be too much. Um, I got Mike Sweeney as my utility. He was incredible. There were some really Mm -hmm. good DHs, including Edgar, um, John Jaha, Sweeney, and a few others. And then for my pitching, I went Scott Williamson, John Smoltz, Omar Dahl, Jeff Zimmerman, Michael Jackson, David Wells, Jason Schmidt. Tom Glavin and Denny Nagel. It sounds like I'm making things up by saying a, a person who writes for us and uh, and the King of Pop, but those are real players. Tom Glavin went super late, you know, relative to oh he's you know he was a Cy Young the year before. He had a 4.12 ERA, but a 146 WHIP, and I say only uh, only 14 wins, which was a bit down there. I mean, you had guys with you know. Uh, 18, 19, 20 wins that had god awful ERA and WHIP, but uh, so that's why Glavin was my. The, the, that's the order that I got those pitchers. So he was my second to last pitcher. So um, I like you did better with my pitching than my hitting, even though my hitting, you know, it sounds like a star-studded cast. I only got 30 points there. I got 37 from the pitching. So you know, I don't. I feel like the uh, the Williamson gambit worked in so far as it didn't didn't hamper me in any real way with the pitching. I just needed a better offense. I, I was kind of middling everywhere. The only good score I had was a nine in ribbies. Everything else was four, five, six. So my offense just, it was just kind of eh, and there would ne- it needed to be more high impact. Despite some very high impact names, it just takes so much to compete. And it's kind of what we talk about today with power, right? Everyone says, I'll get power later. It's like, well, no, You need it. you need to compete and keep up with everybody so the 25 homers that are available late don't matter or or, or, you know it's not it's not making as big of an impact as you think so uh, but i had a blast with this this was a lot of fun Uh, i hope we're invited to future ones if you could pick a year do you have one off the top of your head that you would go for
1: hmm i mean i would probably pick
0: like a mid 2000s that's what I was that's what I was figuring you'd go for so if you win you get to pick a year so Fred's gonna pick a year he, I wonder if he's gonna pick one of the Toronto Blue Jays World Series title years um but yeah so all you got to do is win and then you can pick a mid-2000 season
1: yeah I, yeah I would definitely want to draft a season I remember the players that that definitely would help uh, but I, I mean this is fun too because it gave me an opportunity to kind of do some historical digging which is mm-hmm. not something I necessarily do very often with baseball.
0: Yeah. And you get to learn about some, some randos. Mm-hmm. So, um, will you do another one if invited? If
1: my wife lets me, I mean, these things uh, are fairly okay. long. Um, but yeah, uh, I, I really, really enjoyed it. Um, and it was a blast. I, I, I will, if I am invited back for another one, um, I will see if, uh, if they're okay with me live streaming it. Cause, uh, the banter was hilarious as well.
0: You know, I, I was live streaming and on the Zoom call, but they were separate. I didn't want to ambush anybody with, with being on the on the stream. But yeah, I mean I'd be I, I bet they'd be down for it considering we were the worst behaved. Oh yeah, easily. As far as like language and mm-hmm. whatnot. So, you know, everyone else was uh, was 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 very good. So all right. Well that's like I said, it's a little bit of a shorter episode today, but we wanted to talk about that, give you guys something to listen to and um where you know we'll start doing a, a end of episode check-in. Where are you at on the twenty twenty season?
1: I feel I feel pretty confident there's gonna be some season, something.
0: or or at least the start of something, yeah. right? Mm-hmm.
1: I, yeah, we don't know how things will end, you know, because that's largely up to the virus. But ultimately, uh I, I do think that they, there will be games played at some point.
0: Yeah, and and we were rather pessimistic, just nervous about the logistics. Not not trying to be negative about it. Uh, but I, too, have certainly moved my my needle on I think we're going to get something off the ground. Let's see exactly where it, uh, where it goes and how good it can be. But, uh, Justin, hope you have a great weekend, and uh, I'll talk to you on Tuesday. Take it easy. Peace.